The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very happy Friday morning to you. It's June 2nd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. I hope I can make it through this open. Are you Are you feeling a little dry in your throat, No, David? I just took a swig of coffee and it went down the wrong pipe. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to my life daily. I, I get Excuse so me. excited about coffee yes. that I actually go to bed at night sometimes going, oh, I can't wait until the morning because I'm going to get another cup of coffee. I literally just took a <laughs> swig of it and it's just like, oh, not good. So hold, well, bear, bear with me here for a second. Get it together. You, you know, the problem yeah. is you're having that cup of coffee without any donuts. You know what? I wrote this in large caps. <laughs> large, every one, every letter, a cap. Today, National Donut Day. I love it. You know, when you write in all caps, that means you're yelling. I know. It's National Donut Day. So I will give this suggestion to the listeners out here, because I was online looking at that. You can, you can, you know, Google this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a plenty of free donuts available today. So you want to check out some of your uh, locales to see if they might be providing you with a free donut today. Nice. Yeah. So it's Friday. So when you walk up into your favorite donut store, and we've got some really good like independent stores around the area too, and there's good chain stores, but when you walk up into the donut case and you're looking at the beauty that is before you, what is your go-to donut? Oh, there's no question. What is it? Every time. Every time. Every time. Apple fritter. (gasps) Is it really? Mm. You and Scott are alike in that. He loves those fritters, too. Man, those are so tasty. They're a combination of crispiness and sweetness and doughiness. And they've got apples in them, so it's healthy, too, right? Yes, I'm sure they're incredibly (laughs) healthy. Yeah, that's it right there. An okay. apple fritter. In fact, I've, I haven't had an apple fritter in a while, but man. Well, today's your day. Yeah, today's the day. But yeah, National Donut Day. So you might want to look around. I'm just saying there might be something out there in your day that says free donut all over it. Buy one, get one, maybe. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of deals out there. A lot of deals. Oh, nice. Yo, what's your bet? What's your go-to donut? Uh, So I switched. There for a long time, it was those the the cream-filled with the chocolate on top, like a Bavarian cream-filled or whatever. Tasty. But these days, I'm all about the lemon-filled. Really? I like the lemon-filled donuts with a little powdered sugar on top all day long. I know. The thing is, is there a bad donut? (laughs) Yeah, I I suppose... it's like, um, it's, I, you know what, though? I don't want to get too far out into the weeds about like the weird stuff. Let's just time honored, traditional, yeah. glazed, raised, mm-hmm. cinnamon twist, wet chocolate. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, no, you can't go wrong. Any of those are all are all good. So. National Donut Day. All right. Speaking of food, did you grill last night? Because you were no. telling me, no, you didn't grill. The we new didn't grill. Do it. I know we didn't do it. What? Uh, I got home late. And so by that time, I just, uh, I had a, a, a quick uh, sandwich that I had. And then it was like, wow, just a little little snack in the evening. And that was it. All and right. kids were going in every direction. So I will let you know on Monday. I guarantee you this weekend we're using that grill. Yeah. Well, have you seen the weather? 
It's grilling kind of weather. It is exactly grilling kind of weather. It is going to be a beautiful, beautiful weekend. So, yeah, if you got the grill, got to use it this weekend. This is going to be the weekend to do it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Sunny day today, sunny day tomorrow, sunny day Sunday. And not going to be like sweltering heat. I mean, we're in the upper 70s, too, which makes it gorgeous to be outside. In fact, it was a classic... I guess late spring type of evening. We were sitting out on the deck, and about eh, I'm gonna say six ish, six fifteen ish, right in there. It's like I gotta get a sweatshirt. It was getting Gets a little. Nippy. It was getting a little chilly out there. It, the sun wasn't hitting us anymore, so th- there was the shade, and it's just like, oh yeah, I gotta get a, get a sweatshirt on. It's a little, a little cold. The nice part about that is, is like, especially you know, we have a second story where our master is yeah. upstairs bedrooms. Is when it's cool like that in the evening. It's not stuffy in the mm-hmm. bedrooms when you go to bed at yeah. night. You're like, oh, yeah, let's that is get nice. under a nice light blanket yep. and and off to La La Land. That's exactly right. So uh, beautiful time of year. Looks like it's going to be a great weekend. So what do you have coming up? Well, well done, good and faithful servant. Benedict the Sixteenth, private secretary, heads home to Germany not yet sure what he's going to be doing. Mm, okay. I'll tell you about what's happening with him. All right. And some things locally, too. Got a wildfire burning near Estacade. Got a road closure up by Oregon City, uh, West Lynn overnight. That's going to happen this evening. So we'll fill you in. All right. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. We're going to start things now with Wall, Always and Forever. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Love everlasting is calling me back to the altar of heaven's feast where all the lonely and proud of heart come
saints and angels gathered in heaven now at this table we pray here is redemption here is salvation in this That is Wall Always and Everywhere. Not to be confused with Heat Waves Always and Forever, which wasn't that your wedding song? That was my first dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> many, a, many years ago. That's awesome. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning National Donut Day. Mm. You know who we're going to talk to about donuts. <laughs> oh, I bet you he's got a lot of favorite donuts. Uh-huh, right. We'll talk with our good friend Ken Hellenius right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. 
Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. During June, Matraday Radio unites with Catholics around the world to start the summer by honoring the most sacred heart of Jesus. Grow closer to Christ during this special time through our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and a wide variety of inspiring spiritual reflections. Matraday Radio is also honored to take your specific intentions to the most sacred heart of Jesus through our powerful prayer hotline. Share your personal requests with our dedicated prayer team right now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and MatraDayRadio.com or call the prayer hotline directly, 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737 and let us pray for you throughout the month of June as we lead souls into the most sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary at Matraday Radio. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, it's already a Sunday morning. And from my view, David, your view too, there's mm, not a cloud in the sky. Beautiful. Now that sunshine going to keep up all day and all weekend. Now it is cool this morning, but it feels great. And temperature is going to quickly rise. Highs today getting to about 76 degrees. And overnight we cool down to the upper 40s. Then as we move through the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, reaching the upper 70s. Could hit 80 degrees in a few areas. Then warmer on Monday, Tuesday. Looks like we're headed to the low 90s. Wow. That's when we finally begin to cool off. And it is possible we'll keep an eye on it late next week we might see a few raindrops oh, again how about that uh, currently 52 degrees at holy cross church in portland and it is also 52 degrees at the proto-cathedral of saint james the greater in vancouver sometimes hilarious always helenius it's keeping up with ken helenius on mater day radio and he is the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, we welcome to the show and say a very happy National Donut Day to Ken Hellenius. Good morning, David. Happy Donut Day to you. Happy Donut Day to you. I hope you are, as we speak, wiping the crumbs of a delicious cruller or maybe an old-fashioned from the uh, sides of your mouth. Uh, sadly, I am not. Uh, uh, hopefully that'll happen later this morning, but we, you, you, just, you just never know. So is there a donut shop in South Bend, Indiana that you frequent or have gone to? You know, we've been having this discussion a lot with friends because there isn't a great donut shop in South Bend, sadly. I will say that the the local um, grocery store chain, Martin's, actually makes very good donuts. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, and I enjoy them, but but it's not. We don't have anything like Blue Star or or Voodoo or anything like that here. Uh, 
no signature donut shop in town. I guess you could say we're blessed here in Portland with all of our donut <laughs> shops, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I I think that's uh I, I you're not wrong. Yeah, yes. we don't have I can't get a bacon maple bar here to save my life See? unless I make it myself. That's right. Um, uh, and if, we, go ahead. We do have one shop that I like to refer to as uh, they make Soviet style donuts. And by that, I mean, um, remember how the Soviet Union had their own version of the space shuttle? That yeah. kind of looked like it was made of Lego and it was big and bulky and it only actually kind of flew once, but it wasn't elegant like our space shuttle. <laughs> right. That's pretty much the style of donut that this one shop makes. <laughs> it's, it's the idea of a donut, but it's big and bulky and too doughy and not awesome. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Sorry, sorry to hear you don't have the the uh, go to shop, but uh, hey, you'll be back here in town at some point, so uh, you know you <laughs> can right. you can go to it. Hey, gonna ask you too, how did your uh, uh, trip to wine country uh, end up? It sounded like you had a great time. We had a fantastic, just a wonderful time. I think uh, I mentioned, you know, um, I had not had a lot of Zinfandel in my life right prior to uh, that trip, and uh, turns out we were in part of uh, wine country there in California that grows a lot of Zinfandel, and it was delicious. Uh, we had uh, several wines that we brought. We ended up bringing back a case of wine with us uh, to uh, to Indiana, uh, kind of a mixed case, mm. and uh, just just a lot of delightful wines. Now, I'm of course, here's the thing. I'm looking forward to trying them at home, you know, when it's just my beloved bride and me and not a bunch of friends who've been tasting at various places throughout the day. You right. know, see if they're just as good uh, in our own environment as they were, uh, when we were with friends, but yeah, we had a wonderful time. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. Glad you made it back safely. Now back at home, South Bend, Indiana, we've just uh, concluded the Easter season, of course, Pentecost Sunday, wrapping it up and now ordinary time. So, you know, explain ordinary time. I mean, we don't really want to look at it as quote ordinary, but kind of the origins of it. Yeah. So, um, Exactly as you say, ordinary time doesn't mean plain or boring or vanilla, as we might say. Um, it The word comes from the Latin word ordinal, which means numbered or counted, as in um, ordinal numbers, first, second, third, kind of things like that. Right. So it simply refers to the fact that we count the Sundays. Uh, prior to the Second Vatican Council, the reforms of the liturgy, um, we used to count the Sundays after Epiphany or the Sunday after Pentecost. So mm -hmm. this Sunday would be the second Sunday after Pentecost. And uh, and with the reforms of the, the liturgy at the Second Vatican Council, we just uh, created an entirely uh, homogenous season called Ordinary Time that counts uh, both that period after Epiphany and after uh, Pentecost. It really reflects the what the our bishops say, um, you know, while Christmas time and Easter time highlight the mysteries of the Paschal mystery, you know, mm -hmm. the life of Christ and our redemption. Ordinary time, on the other hand, as the bishops say, take us through the life of Christ. This is the time of conversion. This is the time for us to live the life of Christ ourselves. So throughout ordinary time, this is when we hear the stories of the parables. This is when we hear the stories of the miracles of the Lord performed that pointed to his divinity. Um, and we are, as the bishops say, we are invited to ourselves live the life of Christ, which means to make our daily life reflect the life of our Lord. 
um, to change our ways, to turn our hearts towards God, to experience conversion. Um, and really, I think of ordinary time is, is the time when we're living that life by forming Christian habits. This is how we develop our daily life, because in the, throughout the bulk of the year, we have the opportunity to form habits, to perform repeated actions that then become basically a second nature to us. Um, one good habit that ordinary time is perfect for is to read the gospel of the day's mass and to do so every day. Mm. You know, right, right here on Modern Day Radio, you can pray along with the day's mass three times a day. Right. You know, we broadcast at 5 a.m. and at noon and at 8 p.m., so you can listen and pray along with the daily mass. Or if you miss that, you can go to the bishop's website. Uh, they actually make it very easy to read the readings of the day at bible.usccb.org. So you can read the readings of the day. It doesn't take very long, but it's by reading the gospel every day that we we encounter the Lord. We are led to a deeper knowledge of Jesus and his ways, and we fall in love with him. You know, just like we do our friends, when we want to know, to grow into a deeper friendship, we, we seek to learn everything we can about our friend. That's what we do and what we're invited to do with Jesus. You know, mm. the gospel remains the same year after year, but I'm different today than I was a year ago. And so when I read that, that same gospel that I heard last year, I'm in a different spot. I'm in a different place in my relationship with the Lord. That's what growth and learning of about my friend Jesus, what it really is. So that's what Ordinary Time is all about. Yeah, and I think, too, about, you know, we see these changes uh, over the course of the year, and, and we go into Ordinary Time. One of the always things I think about, too, is the priest's vestment changes back to green for Ordinary yeah. Time, correct? Yeah. Green is a color that we associate with peace and with hope. You know, we, we say the, the greener pastures or the grass is always greener. Right. You know, that's an idea of hope. Um, green is the color of growth. It's the color of life. You know, here in the Northern Hemisphere, here, especially in the Willamette Valley and, mm -hmm. and in Indiana, where I live, green is the color of summer because that's when the, the crops are growing. The grape leaves are bright green. The, the corn top is, is green. And then it turns yellow as we get towards the end of the of the harvest, you know, um, that's really what green represents. It represents life. Right. And if we think about it, that's what the Christian life is, is growth and development mm. uh, in, in the Lord. And we stay in ordinary time until Advent, right? Yeah. So uh, the first two Sundays here in ordinary time, right after Pentecost, uh, have special feasts. Uh, Trinity Sunday is this coming Sunday, and then the following Sunday is Corpus Christi, the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. And the last Sunday in Ordinary Time, which is in the Sunday immediately before Advent begins, is the Solemnity of Christ the King. Right. So uh, here we kick off with the deepest uh, of the mysteries of our faith, which is the mystery of the Trinity itself, and we end with Christ, the culmination of all things. Christ, the King of the universe. So it's a, it's a true development of, of history for us, too. Wonderful. He is Ken Hellenius, host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening, 7.30, Mater Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, and our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Ken, thank you so much for your thoughts on Ordinary Time. Always great to talk with you. Now, go out there and have yourself a nice donut today. 
You too, friend. Be good. All right. God bless. And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. I cannot believe that there is not a really outstanding donut shop uh, in South Bend. <laughs> well, it just shows you how lucky we are here in oh, Portland. We absolutely are lucky. And we're so fortunate to have so many wonderful parishes that are so nearby. And, well, if you are looking for something to do this weekend, head to our community calendar. Beginning today, all through the weekend, you can find something wonderful to do at one of our great parishes here. If your parish or ministry has a special event coming up, let us know. We're going to put it on our community calendar. You can go there today, find something to do, or download the free Hail Mary media app. There's an integrated map system so you can get right to where you need to be. It is our community calendar. You can find more information at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a wildfire burning in Clackamas County. Have the details for you in the news. And Benedict Sixteenth private secretary getting to take a little bit of break of the busyness from the Vatican as he heads home to Germany. I'll have his story for you, plus more coming up in a news in three minutes. Here is Teresa Peterson and Faithful. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Teresa Peterson and Faithful. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis is sending Archbishop George Gaineswine back to Germany by the end of the month. The longtime private secretary of Pope Benedict XVI has been told to return home to his diocese of Freiburg in southwest Germany. Now, according to Catholic News Agency, the report claims Pope Francis informed the 66-year-old Gaineswine of his decision during a private audience on May 19th. According to the German media report, Pope Francis referred to the custom that the former private secretaries of deceased posts did not remain in Rome. A longtime secretary to Benedict Gaineswine also served as prefect of the papal household to both Benedict and his successor, Pope Francis, until February of 2020. Gaineswine is expected in Germany later this week. He's scheduled to preside over Mass on Sunday for an annual pilgrimage to the Cistern Monastery near Bolgum in western Germany. And the weight of playing St. Pio of Petrosina, more popularly known as Padre Pio, one of the most popular saints of the 20th century, was enormous, Shia LaBeouf told the Catholic News Agency. Now, the new film, Padre Pio, starring Transformers star LaBeouf, airs in theaters beginning today. Yeah portrays the Italian friar in his early 20s immersed in the suffering of the residents of San Giovanni Rotundo in eastern Italy, where his monastery is located. Now, the film, rated R for some explicit violence in language, portrays powerful scenes of Padre Pio ministering to the townspeople and enduring his own spiritual battles. LaBeouf told Catholic News Agency that playing the role of the saint while being immersed in his monastery and town added to the intensity. It's enormous pressure, but it only served the film, he said. There are scenes where we're running mass and these aren't actors in the seats. These are God-fearing people who loved Pio and you feel it. And it only adds to the stakes. I really like to see that. I look forward to seeing it also. Well, authorities are warning residents in the rural Estacada area to be ready to evacuate at a moment's notice after a 30-acre brush fire broke out Thursday evening. Clackamas Fire District 1 officials announced about 5.45 p.m. that Level 2 evacuation orders were in place in a half-mile radius of a brush fire near the intersection of South Lower Highland and Upper Highland Roads in the community of Beaver Creek. Now, earlier this week, a 20-acre Reuben Leaf Fire spurred evacuations in the Fall Creek and Lowell areas of southeast Eugene, but the fire was contained and all evacuation levels were lifted as of yesterday afternoon. I have not yet seen this morning the latest from that fire near Beaver Creek and how it's going. I know last night on the news they were saying conditions were pretty favorable because it wasn't too windy, Uh and so I don't know if they've been able to get a handle on it yet this morning. I'm sure we'll see some reports later today, but it is a reminder of what time of year it is and how careful you have to be. For sure. Well, the Oregon Senate voted Thursday to fine senators $325 starting Monday for each day their absent restricts the Senate from establishing a quorum. The GOP walkout began May 3rd and is currently in its fifth week, the longest ever walkout in the Oregon legislature. 
Democrats hold 17 of the Oregon Senate's 30 seats, but the chamber requires a quorum of at least 20 lawmakers. So Republicans have been able to halt proceedings by never having more than two Republicans show up each day. On Thursday, after a vote from Senate members in attendance, Oregon Senate President Rob Wagner said the $325 daily fines would begin on a Monday. That amount is equal to what they would earn in pay for that day. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Americans can now breathe a sigh of relief. This after the Senate gave final approval late last night to a debt ceiling and budget cuts package to wrap up work on the bipartisan deal. Now goes to President Joe Biden's desk to become law before the fast approaching deadline. The compromise package negotiated between Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy leaves neither Republicans nor Democrats fully pleased with the outcome. But the result, after weeks of hard-fought budget negotiations, shelves the volatile debt ceiling issue that risked upending U.S. and global economy until 2025 after the next presidential election. Fast action was vital if Washington hoped to meet next Monday's deadline when Treasury said that the U.S. will start running short of cash to pay its bills, risking a devastating default. Well, over 300 kids ages 6 to 16 years old from across southwest Washington have signed up to run their very own business for a day selling creative homegrown and handmade products at the Junior Market. This event serves as a platform for kids to showcase the business skills they have learned through the My Lemonade Day program, how like how to create budgets, set profit-making goals, serve customers, repay investors, give back to the community. Now, the average profit per stand is about $225, but children commonly make more, uh, and many over $1,000 on the day. Now, last year's event generated $25,000 in profit that went directly into the pockets of these young CEOs. So you can shop at this year's event on Saturday, tomorrow, at the Vancouver Farmers Market near Esther Short Park. That's from 9 to 3 o'clock. All right. So take a walk and see what goods they have made. You're going to take your little card table over there and set up a a little booth? Yeah. I'm going to sell crayons. Great. That's okay. Well, <laughs> handmade ones. Good. Very good. Uh, in sports, college baseball playoffs get started today with four team regional actions spread out around the country. So, Oregon State is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and will face Sam Houston State at 5 p.m. this evening. That's Pacific time. The other two teams in the Beavers region include host LSU and Tulane. Now, Oregon is in the Nashville, Tennessee regional, and they have an early game today with Xavier. Let's get started at 10 this morning. The other two teams in the Ducks Regional include host Vanderbilt and Eastern Illinois. Winners of the double elimination regionals advance to the two-team Super Regionals in a best-of-three format, and then those eight winners of the Super Regionals move on to the College World Series. So uh, here we go, Ducks and Beavers. All righty. Well, during the celebration of Mass, the priest has the option of choosing... Eucharistic prayer number one, David. Mm-hmm. That's the long one. Tell you want me to uh, <laughs> list all of the saints that are listed in Can the... Can you do that? Uh, you know. 
Yeah. But once you get started, yeah, you, you start to roll. recognize yeah. them. Yeah. Now, during this prayer, the priest has the option of reciting two short lists of saints. Well, besides the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints mentioned in the Eucharistic prayer are exclusively martyrs, as martyrdom has always been seen as the supreme sacrifice that unites a soul to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And among these martyrs mentioned in Eucharistic prayer, number one are saints... Marcellinus and Peter, ah, yeah. two saints who are relatively unknown in the modern world. This is a different Peter than, of not course, the Pope. The Peter. Yes. However, while they may not be very popular in the present time, their example was seen as highly influential in the early church. St. Marcellinus was a priest, while St. Peter was an exorcist, both serving in the Roman church during the third century. They were martyred in 303, under the persecution of Emperor Diocletian. Now, little is known about these saints, but tradition states that Pope Damasus I composed a poetic epitaph after their deaths. Now, he heard their story of martyrdom from their executioner who had converted to Christianity. And Pope Vigilius introduced their names into the canon of the Mass in the 6th century. At the same time, he restored their tomb. Now, early Christians would often gather at their tomb in their burial complex that later became known as the Catacombs of Marcellinus and Peter. And these catacombs are still preserved today and contain a wealth of early frescoes of biblical scenes and early Christian artwork. Today is the feast of St. Marcellinus and Peter. Nice. Where, where are the catacombs? Uh, does it say? Let's see. It doesn't... Um, it, it, does not say. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting to see. Can those. you imagine yeah, that? It preserved amazing. from uh, the sixth century, yeah. the 600s. Wow. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, David, you had a great opportunity to talk with one of the organizers yesterday. So tonight is the night, seven o'clock at seven o'clock, uh, is the first Friday holy hour social hour for young adults happening at St. Michael's Catholic Church. St. Michael's Art Group invites young adults from all parishes in the greater Portland area to engage in guided prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, then socialize at the World Market-themed social hour afterwards. There's going to be food activities and sounds of the many different countries of the world. Yeah. Sounds like a great time. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at matradayradio.com. You'll also access it on the free Hail Mary media app. They're calling that Junormous. <gasps> it's a Junormous event. <laughs> Junormous That's event. Perfect. So hopefully you can make it out there. Uh, you know who is very busy this oh, time of oh, year? I do. That would be Father Peter Julia. You talk with him, and they have a lot ordinations. I mean, all of these things happening. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, as we pray the divine praises. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. 
Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Day Radio. 744 at Mater Day Radio. Just a gorgeous weekend ahead. Today, sunny, high of 76. Clear overnight tonight, low of 47. Saturday and Sunday, sunny skies, highs in the upper 70s. Well, bring it on. Pretty sweet. Currently, it is 53 degrees at St. Brigida's Catholic Church in Portland. And 48 degrees at Marist Catholic High School in Eugene. While many kids may be looking forward to the end of the school year, just a couple of weeks away and enjoying some lazy days of summer, or maybe, well, as a family, you're looking forward to a vacation that you've been planning. Well, for the Archdiocese of Portland Vocations Office, well, right now, it's a pretty busy time of year. And joining me to fill us in on all the happenings is Father Peter Julia, the Director of the Office of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland. Good morning, Father Peter. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Brenda. It's always good to be with you. I wish I was in the studio, but, you know, I guess every once in a while... We have to do uh, some correspondence stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, like I said, it is a busy time of year. We know that whenever we invite you up to the station, boy, we know that we're going to get a couple hours of your time. But boy, on this morning, we know that you've got a lot going on in just a few short hours. I mean, really, in a day, there is going to be a wonderful event at the cathedral it is ordination time and well you have a kind of a neat role kind of an intimate part that you get to play as you stand with these young men who are presenting themselves for ordination to the priesthood tell our listeners a little bit about what's going to be happening for you and especially for our seminarians our transitional deacons as they prepare for saturday's ordination oh absolutely brenda it's funny uh, actually i i can celebrate it at mass for Christmas, or not Christmas, for Easter Day with the Archbishop this year, because I don't have a parish, right? So sometimes, most of the time I'm filling in, but every once in a while on a special day like that, all the priests are in their places and 
And so I was celebrating. And a friend of mine, her and her son happened to be at that mass. And they said, when's Father Peter going to do something? That's what her son said there. Because when you're <laughs> celebrating, you don't do a whole lot. And so this is one of those masses where actually I get to do something. I have a couple of lines. And so toward the beginning of the ordination, really after after the uh, the readings, uh, what will happen is they'll bring the archbishop to the front of the altar, and he'll be seated. And then I'll be up at the front of the altar with, with a little kind of portable um, podium. And I'll basically say ask, it's like a dialogue between Archbishop Sample and myself, and I'll say, Most Reverend Father, Holy Mother Church asks you to ordain these, our brothers, responsibility of the priesthood. And then he responds to me, he says, do you know them to be worthy? And then my response to him is, after inquiry among the Christian people and upon the recommendation of those responsible, I testify that they have been found worthy. And then in the Archbishop will respond back to me again. He says, relying on the help of the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, we choose these men, our brothers, for the order of the priesthood. And then everybody present should respond, thanks be to God. So that's kind of, and then there's an applause after that. And, and then the Archbishop will preach his homily at that moment. So it's a pretty cool moment in dialogue, especially I love that verbiage, these men, our brothers, you know, mm. and, um, you know, do you know them to be worthy? And the funny thing that every man thinks on the day of his ordination, you're standing there as the three candidates, and then you're like, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not, not worthy. <laughs> that's, oh, that's my exactly gosh, yeah. Thinking. So as they're preparing for this investing and lining up, having gone through this before your ordination in Rome for these young deacons, how are they feeling kind of going into this? I imagine that they, as you said, aren't feeling worthy and maybe feeling a little overwhelmed or nervous walking into this uh, this mass. Yeah, it's funny. I will say that um, I will say that the diaconate ordination. Uh, so that my my diaconate was in Rome, and then Deacon James Ladd was just ordained. You know, just really a week and a half or so ago. And um, I say you're probably a, maybe a bit more nervous your diaconate ordination, because that's when you take all of your most important promises of celibacy and obedience and, uh, you know, in, in different aspects like that. Uh, but you're, you're nervous at either one. And I remember in Rome, we were in a big sacristy and uh, the, my spiritual director happened to be one of the people that sat with us back there. And I always liken it to like, there's a coach with you before game day. And it's funny, and everybody's doing different things. You got some men who are praying the rosary. You have some men who are pacing back and forth silently. You have a couple guys who are kind of chatting with each other. And, and it's just like when you see in these movies, everybody in the locker room, so to speak, nervous <laughs> before the big game. And, and so I find a lot of my role that day is really behind the scenes. And every once in a while, you know, of course, some of the men, just because of of their own growing up as altar servers, but some men never really had that experience. So not everybody has served with the archbishop before. And then that's the very first day you're going to can celebrate a mass for the very first time. You're going to be saying like parts of the Eucharistic prayer and they split that up. So there's a lot going on and you have a lot of emotion. So you kind of get ordained and then have to shift right into being a priest at that very mass and can celebrating for the first time. So sometimes you're reviewing little things like that with guys that are nervous or forget stuff. And, you know, and you're like, Oh, remember you're going to say this prayer to yourself silently, you know, but you're not going to be near the missile. So you won't have the prayer. Yes. It's like oh. a lot of those 
these are so subtle subtleties that, that you can kind of help them them with and, and it's just like oh you know and same thing with the deacons when they got ordained you're like remember you know of course when you proclaim the gospel you're going to bring the book of the gospel to the archbishop so he can kiss it and bless the people with the book there's just a lot of steps that you don't normally do that you kind of have to remember and when you're when you're nervous it's a lot harder so it helps to have somebody just kind of with you, like assuring you and just checking in on, on little details, you know. Oh, it's those little details <laughs> that I often remind myself too, especially when the archbishop is presiding is, oh, don't, don't sit down yet until the book of the gospels is kissed. <laughs> yeah. Of course, as a congregation, we have our role to play. Father Peter Julia is the director of Voca- office of vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland joining us today. And then just for those who are listening, the ordination is in fact, an open event that the whole community is invited to attend. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and this year, I would expect, gosh, I'd really expect a lot of people because I mean, we have three men being ordained, which is the first time in many years that we've actually had this many. It's usually been one or two for for a number of years, for, for gosh, so nearly the better part of a decade. And, um, and, we, and then, of course, one of them is from uh, a Hispanic community, and then one is from the Vietnamese community, and then one from the Anglo community. So, so three of the biggest oh. communities in the archdiocese are there. And then, when it comes to the Hispanic community and the Vietnamese community, they uh, they tend to show up in force for for big events. They're very very supportive of their priests. So, um, yeah. So those who do plan on coming, you know, we all know the parking at the cathedral is less than we would hope that it would be. So, um, you know, get there early. (laughs) Oh, get there early, plan maybe a carpool. And for those who are unable to attend in person, we'll, of course, tune in to the live stream. I know that these events will also be live streamed, so you'll have a wonderful opportunity to also watch. And then between now and that time, we'll just please keep everyone in your prayers. Those who are planning, who are want to make sure that everything goes off well. And of course, for these transitional deacons, as they prepare in these final days before their priestly ordination. Father Peter, I've enjoyed our conversation. That's a lot just getting ready for the weekend, but boy, the month of June isn't over even by a long shot. We've just in fact started and there's still more to happen. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sure, absolutely. And it is 7.53 at Mater Day Radio. David or Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. Would you like a free app that's filled with faith-filled information? Absolutely. Uh, look no further than our Hail Mary Media app. You can find all the details on our website. The Hail Mary Media app has access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune in to live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio you can sign up for customized prayer reminders, and you can listen to the podcast versions of many of our shows right here on Mater Day Radio. Again, it is the free Hail Mary media app. All the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. 
That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak coming to you from Waikiki Beach with another Deep Virtue segment. Uh, I'm also the author of a best-selling book called Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. Uh, It's a book that's full of adventure, uh, surfing and otherwise, as well as uh, just the call to abandon ourselves to the wildness of the adventure of God's will. It's a great book to give to people who wouldn't normally pick up a book about the Bible. And of course, it's available on Nook and Kindle and Audible, so I'd love for you to check out that book. Last week, I was on the set of Hawaii Five-0. I got to guest star on one of their episodes, and I played the role of a captain. We had uh, like six boats out there filming this, and one of the uh, co-stars, a young girl, was seasick. And she kept looking down and going inside the cabin and being knocked around. She really wasn't going to do too well. And the rest of the crew really didn't seem to know how to handle it. So I told her, you need to come out on the boat and look to the horizon. Look look beyond, uh, look to the furthest horizon, and then you won't get so seasick. And this is kind of what happens in our lives. I think sometimes when we deal with uh, problems in our lives, we start focusing on the problems instead of on the horizon. I love that, that scene uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean where... Uh, Jack Sparrow says at the very end, now bring me that horizon. We need to look to the horizon. When Peter got out of the boat and started walking, he was doing fine until he looked around and saw he was walking on water. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, who is the answer to everything in our lives, he was fine. But when he started looking around, you go, oh my gosh, he started to sink. I could just hear Jesus saying, how you doing, Peter? And he probably said, well, pretty good under the circumstances. Jesus probably said, well, what are you doing under there? So we don't want to be under our circumstances. We don't want to focus on our problems. What we want to do is focus on our solution and give praise and glory to Jesus in all things and ask him for his wisdom and for his help and his guidance. This is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventureMinistries.com. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll tell you about a road closure in the Portland area that starts tonight. It's a couple minutes. And are you smarter than a 14-year-old National Spelling Bee champion? <laughs> well, let's find out right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today, we celebrate the feast day of Saints Marcellinus and Peter. Much like Saints Felicity and Perpetua, these two holy men were martyred together in the same place, and as a result, are often celebrated as a pair. Marcellinus and Peter were born sometime in the third century, though the exact dates are uncertain and their early lives remain a mystery. Most of the information we actually have regarding them comes from the records of Pope Saint Damasus, who learned of their story after their deaths and saw fit to commit it to writing. Marcellinus and Peter were both alive during the reign of Emperor Diocletian, 
whose persecution of Christians in that time was both widespread and merciless. The emperor made it a point to round up as many of the faithful as possible. A great number of those were tried in Roman courts and jailed. The story is similar for Marcellinus, a priest. Around the year 304, after he refused to renounce his faith, he was thrown in prison to await his fate along with many others. Among these prisoners was Peter, an exorcist. Together, the two of them spoke to their fellow prisoners and proclaimed Christ's teachings. They were admired by the imprisoned, a number of which were inspired to convert and ask for baptism. Peter and Marcellinus were having such a positive influence that their jailers saw it as a problem. It was decided that the judgment of these holy men would be prioritized. They were taken from the jail and tortured. But even in the face of great suffering, the joy they drew from their faith was not diminished. They were then quietly moved to a place known as Selva Nera, the Black Forest. There in the woods, they were forced to quite literally dig their own graves, which they did without fear or complaint. When they were finished, they were unceremoniously beheaded and buried. Their captors hoped that if nobody discovered what had happened to them, they wouldn't be celebrated as martyrs. It wasn't long, however, before a Roman woman named Lucia had a vision that revealed where Peter and Marcellinus were buried. She retrieved their remains and moved them so they would be remembered and venerated. The woods in which they were executed would later be renamed to Selva Candida, the White Forest, in honor of their martyrdom. The man tasked with carrying out their execution was also troubled by what he had done. Seeing how the two men remained joyful even before death, he was convinced that their faith was real and soon converted. In fact, it was thanks to the executioner's testimony that the saint's story was recorded at all. The fact that we know about Marcellinus and Peter is all at a testament to the fact that God desires for us to look up to holy men and women as examples to lead us. Without divine intervention, they would have been buried and forgotten by time, along with countless others condemned by Emperor Diocletian for keeping the faith. The hope that these two saints clung to in their final hours is the same hope that they give to those of us who remember them, that God sees all of our works, knows our struggles, and loves us, even when it seems like we're on our own. Saints Marcellinus and Peter, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news this hour, the Vatican is looking into the transfer of $17 million from the U.S. arm of a church mission to an investment fund, according to the Associated Press. Now, AP reported that Pope Francis has asked aides to get to the bottom of how the money was transferred. Now, the transfer date mostly to 2021, when the board of directors of the Pontifical Mission Societies USA approved moving at least $17 million to a nonprofit organization and its private equity fund owned by the organization's then national director, Father Andrew Small. Now, as a pontifical organization, it is an official instrument of the Holy See and the Pope. The missions group's new national director, Monsignor Kieran Harrington, and the new board of directors now written off $10.2 million of the total transferred as a loss, since there is no timeline and no guarantee of investment return, according to its latest audit financial statement. Now, Small, in comments to Associated Press, called the write-off of the investment short-sighted and said there is no reason to think there will not be a return on investment after the minimum 10-year commitment. 
Vatican spokesman Matteo Brunei told the Associated Press the Holy See is aware of the situation and is currently looking into the details of the events. Well, a pretty big road closure in the Portland area begins tonight. At 10 p.m., crews will be shutting down the loop on-ramp connecting southbound Oregon 43 to Interstate 205 northbound in West Lynn, Oregon City. That's for 23 days. The closure will be in place all hours and days until Monday, June 26. So crews from the Oregon Department of Transportation will be building a new roundabout that will connect Oregon 43 with I-205 northbound. This work is part of the safety components of the I-205 Improvements Project, work around the Abernathy Bridge. Now, when construction is complete in 2025, the Abernathy Bridge will be the first earthquake-ready interstate bridge across the Willamette River in the Portland metro area. Detour signs will be in place for drivers using that ramp. All right, watch for those signs and slow down. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the Oregon Senate voted Thursday to fine state senators $325 starting on Monday. For each day, their absence restricts the Senate from establishing a quorum. Now, the GOP walked out, began May 3rd, and is currently in its fifth week, the longest ever walkout in the Oregon legislature. Now, Democrats hold 17 of the Oregon Senate's 30 seats, but the chamber requires a quorum of at least 20 lawmakers. So Republicans have been able to halt proceedings by never having more than two Republicans show up each day. On Thursday, after a vote from state members in attendance, Oregon State President Rob Wagner said the $325 daily fines would begin Monday, June 5th. That amount equals about what they would earn in pay for the day. Well, I mentioned this yesterday, but I think worth repeating, given that it's going to be such a gorgeous weekend and beautiful night skies. So tomorrow evening, it's Mm -hmm. going to be a strawberry moon. And uh, that's when the Farmer's Almanac calls the full moon in June, because it's the month when strawberries ripen. So have you had some strawberries yet? Uh, I have not yet. We have. Have Uh, you? Pulling off your June blooms? Uh, Actually, my wife bought some uh, at the market and oh, they were very, very tasty. They are the best. At time of year. So anyway, the moon will officially become full at 8.41 p.m. tomorrow evening. In the Portland metro area, the moon will rise at about 9.06 in the southeast part of the sky. Now, some viewers maybe in the Portland area may struggle to see the June full moon because it's going to be very low on the horizon, according to Jim Todd, who's the director of space science education at OMSI. But on the upside, it could be more colorful. Todd says moons often take on hues of red, yellow, or orange when close to the horizon. You see that sometimes when you look out. Uh, As the light rays, they're refracted by particles in the atmosphere. So moons that are closer to the summer solstice are lower on the horizon. And uh, that can therefore pick up that more color that you see. Also, too, something to watch out for, some of the lowest tides of the year will follow the June full moon, falling below two feet at many spots along the Oregon coast from June 4th to June 7th. So a couple of things happen. Okay, I'm going to be outside looking for I these. I know, I'm going to check it out. Well, a teenager from Florida has won the 2023 Scripps National Spelling Bee in the United States. Dev Shaw, a 14-year-old student from Largo, spelled the word Samophile. 
correctly to win the 95th National Spelling Bee and a $50,000 prize. Now, Charlotte Walsh, also 14 from Arlington, Virginia, was the runner-up, having incorrectly spelled Davily. Hmm. Now, a... Uh, I can barely pronounce it. Samophile is an organism that lives in sandy areas. Now, 11 students made the finals after 11 million people entered spelling competitions, according to the organizers. Now, uh, let's see here. Uh, Dev had previously entered competitions in 2019 and 2021, finishing 51st and 76th, respectively. Now, on his way to the final, he correctly spelled words such as bathopitometer, cisocoriasis, and romic. Wow. The National Spelling Bee began in 1925. So here you go, David. You're writing it down to see if you can do it. Okay. Let me say it for you again. Samophile. Can you use it in a sentence, please? The Samophile built his home in the sand, and he is not an attractive species. Okay. I am going to say P-S-O-M-M-O-F-I-L-E. That would be incorrect. But, David, that's really close. Is it? Yeah. Samophile. P-S-A-M-M-O-P-H-I-L-E. All right. That was pretty good guess. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I glanced at that word earlier oh, today. David. <laughs> I couldn't remember how it was spelled. Cheater. That's, that's, how, that's how bad my spelling is. So I looked at it and couldn't even spell it. Couldn't even. I can barely, like I said, yeah. I can barely pronounce it. So. Uh, you know, I'm not a bad speller, thankfully, because I have spell check on my computer. <laughs> yes. That helps out tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I had a teacher once tell me we were talking about the kids. They're like, you fall into one of two categories. Yeah. You spell or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like these days spelling uh, is going by the wayside a little oh, bit yeah. because of that. Kids type their essays or they speak, their dictate their essays and the computer, you know, brings it all up, automatically corrects yeah. some grammar and, yeah. and uh, yeah. spelling yeah. for yeah. you. I guess there really is no excuse to spell words incorrectly Not anymore. Really. When you got spell check, it makes but it easy. But you do easy. need to know the difference of there, there, and there. Yeah. And right. where, where, yeah. and where. Yeah. Yeah, there are those words, You too. do need to remember. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in sports, the Denver Nuggets have jumped out to a one to nothing lead in the NBA Championship Finals. On their home floor last night, the Nuggets defeated the Miami Heat 104-93. Denver big man Nikola Jokic, who has been pretty much unstoppable during the playoffs, had another triple-double, finishing with 27 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds. He joined Jason Kidd as the only player to make the NBA Finals debut with the triple-double. How about that? Game two of the finals in the Mile High City again on Sunday evening. And busy weekend at Portland International Raceway as NASCAR's Xfinity Series is in town. Saturday's main event starts at 1.30, preceded by practice and qualifying, beginning at 8.30 tomorrow morning. The Arcus Series West opens the show this evening at 5 o'clock with a 57-lap feature. So if you're driving by PIR up in North Portland uh, this weekend, be aware. It's probably going to be pretty busy up there. Oh, I uh, think I might have a son who's going to want to be going out there. 
Well, a pair of second grade students from Overbrook Catholic School in Nashville are working hard to support their peers at the Covenant School, where a deadly shooting killed six people, including three nine-year-old students on March 27th. The two elementary school girls have been making thousands of bracelets, which they are selling to raise funds for the Covenant School to receive a full-time therapy dog. According to a report from the Catholic Spirit, Evelyn Thalmer and Matilda Crosby have shared a love of crafty things for as long as they can remember. The pair struck up a fast friendship during a play date where they made friendship bracelets. And they've been making them ever since. Well, when the deadly shooting occurred at the school in their community, however, the two immediately knew that they could put their crafts to use for bigger cause. Evelyn and Matilda began making bracelets in earnest, even inviting other friends to join in with their plans to sell them and raise money for the Covenant School. And the girls had spent time with a therapy dog in their own school, and they thought a dog could help Covenant students begin to heal. Well, the two best friends took their idea to Overbrook School counselor who loved the plan. They were off to the races. So according to the report, they have already made some 2,500 bracelets in sizes for adults and kids. Each bracelet bears six red heartbeats to commemorate the six people who lost their lives in the shooting. After a few social media posts, they got the attention of local news outlets, which featured their story on Good Morning Nashville. Well, since then... They can't keep up with the demand for the handcrafted bracelets, blowing past their initial goal of $17,000. That's the cost of a trained therapy dog and have raised over $30,000. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Matilda said the remaining Monday, uh, about thirty uh, $13,500 will be gifted to the Covenant School to do with as they wish. Very nice. Good job, yeah. girls. Way to uh, really take that giving mm. spirit that you've learned at your Catholic school and sending it forward. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Saturday, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m., is a summer kickoff at Holy Redeemer Parish in Portland. Professional musician and Holy Redeemer alumnus Chris Cosa returns to Holy Redeemer to work with the school's music program, culminating with a spotlight concert and social event to showcase the harmonious work between Chris and the students. Join the community for food, drink, conversation, and live music. Proceeds from this fundraiser event will benefit the school. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we continue our conversation with Father Julia right after the forecast. Support for Materdayradio Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services 
to the Catholic community regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. No matter where your summer travels take you, Monterey Radio is always there. Our Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from a treasury of uplifting prayers, including live Liturgy of the Hours from the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Monterey Radio's live broadcast and podcast of all our original shows and new programming not available on the radio. Plus, you can jump into all the exciting summertime activities on the interactive community calendar, the latest Catholic news, and much more. Join the thousands of listeners who are moving through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to MontredayRadio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, you're never far from the Hail Mary Media app and Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 815 at Mater Day Radio, sunny skies today, high of 76 degrees, clear overnight, low of 47. Saturday and Sunday, sunny highs in the upper 70s. Currently 52 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground. And 50 degrees at St. James Church in McMinnville. Well, I am back with Father Peter Julia. Father Peter is the director of the Office of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland. While we might be getting ready to kind of ease into a restful month of June as school lets out and maybe vacations are getting planned, well, for the Archdiocese of Portland in the Vocations Office, June, pretty busy month. Father Peter is joining us today. Well, to let us know all of the things that are going on, Father Julia, thank you so much for staying with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Brenda. It's always good to be with you. Well, we spent our first part of the interview talking about the wonderful ordination that is coming up on Saturday. But while that is only the start of the month, you've got a lot more things happening Summer assignments are happening uh, for the seminarians. You're involved with that. And also, well, you're trying to get a new class of seminarians ready to enter uh, whatever seminary they plan to go to. Tell our listeners a little bit about how busy it can be just in those two areas. Oh, yeah. Our, our office is bustling. So, so those, those that know a little bit more about the Archdiocese know that the Office of, of Clergy kind of encompasses the vocations office as well. And so that's our vicar for clergy, Father Todd Molinari, and then and then myself as vocations director, and then and then Sarah Bertrand and Dawn Bentz. And so we're kind of in this quad area, you know, and we share. And then also um Angie Godfrey is in charge of our senior priests. So really from all the way from applicants to seminarians to priests to senior priests, we we, we sort of have the whole entire population covered. But everything happens at the same time because all the men applying to enter into seminary, they're right here at their deadlines. So we're trying to get all their materials gathered together, which is a tough thing to do for young men. Sometimes their their responsibility and accountability for, for those of you who have young men in your households, you know, you ask them to do something, they don't always get it done. So it's the same thing for young men who are going to be seminarian sometimes. <laughs> and so, And then we are also, all of our priestly assignments will start July 1. And so Father Todd is making phone call after phone, finalizing all of the priestly assignments as well. And then, of course, then we have these men who are about to be ordained. And then we're also ramping up for other events like our Quobatus Days 
camp for younger men who are, who are discerning the priesthood and the, the high school age men. And so it's, um, it's a bustling time for us. Yeah. As everybody winds down, we kind of have to really ramp it up and then it kind of winds down after all of this. Oh, very nice. Father Peter Julia joining us today. Well, to let us know what keeps him busy through the month of June. Let's talk about Quo Vadis Days. I think this is a wonderful opportunity for young men to just have a discussion with God, with a, a trusted priest to ask themselves, where are you going? Right. That is Quo Vadis. That is what is happening. That's coming up at the end of the month. And there is still space available for young men to join and tell our listeners a little bit about the age group who you are inviting and what they can expect at that weekend. Yeah, Quo Vadis is kind of an amazing time. Often the archbishop, he refers to it as our our casting our broad net, so to speak, because we have the two events that we have that are very effective are Quo Vadis and then also our, our discernment um, retreat with the archbishop that happens kind of more in the new year. And so the discernment retreat is really more for those guys, like the applicants that we just mentioned, those guys who are about to apply or, or almost ready to enter seminary, that's kind of for them. But then because this is younger men, high school age men, this is kind of that broader net where you're like, are you open to a, as a Catholic young man, are you open to a possibility to the priesthood? And actually Monsignor John Syak started Quavadis Days with another priest many, many years ago, and it spread all across the country, but, but they were really the, um, the innovators of it way back then, and it's grown, of course, uh, quite a bit over the years. Many years we had it in Camp Howard, but the last couple of years we've had it at Father Bernard Youth Center, which it'll be this year as well, in Mount Angel. And so there's, there's just a combination of things, like kind of like fun and fellowship, but then prayer and also talks like hearing from priests. So many of the priests that people often hear on modern day um, will be the priests that come to speak to the young men, men like, you know, men like Monsignor Syak and Deacon Justin Echeverria and um, Deacon Brent and Father Tim Furlow sometimes has come over the years and Father Jeff Muse and many, many of our great priests come and talk to these young men. And so they have like a little conference like that. But then a lot of the time, they're also, they have daily mass, but then we'll go up to the Abbey. We'll go up to Mount Angel one of the days. And this year, Abbot Jeremy is also going to speak to to the men. Uh, but in between a lot of those conferences and prayer times, they just play. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody knows, like, you know, boys like to kind of play sports and do things with each other. And the thing I've been so amazed of, when you have a healthy balance of the leisure and the prayer, it's amazing to watch them enter in. I, I think their parents would be shocked to see how prayerful they are. So they get out out there and play basketball and run around and, you know, play Frisbee and flag football and do, do whatever they're doing, and they get that energy out. But it's amazing to see these young men in the chapel praying. We've often done a holy hour on the last night where we're to last throughout the night or late into the night. And, it, it, and I'm amazed that every year, you have a handful of guys that are sometimes in there the entire night, basically forsaking sleep. These are high school mm-hmm. boys, you know, to, to be in the presence of our Lord in the Eucharist and adoration. And so it's pretty incredible and uplifting. We'll also go to Silver Falls for sort of like a field trip a day um, there. And so we have kind of a lot of things packed into just a few days. There's a Eucharistic procession 
uh, one of those nights, and then they have an opportunity to to go to confession as well, that where the monks uh, from Mount Angel will help us with confessions. And so there's there's a lot of things that they get exposed to at that time. And, and many of the men that we have as seminarians now were attendees of Kulvadis days. So incredible. Oh. I think that's perfect. And as a, a parent myself, Father Peter, our son was probably, you know, eighth or ninth grade when he went to Covatus days for the first time. And while he realized that he did not have a vocation to the priesthood, it was such a blessed time that he remembers so fondly. And I would just encourage every parent to just give your child the opportunity to see what it's all about. And you know, let them be guided by God as to what they are meant to do with their lives and their vocation. So I encourage our listeners to definitely go to the vocations office to check it out more. Uh, talk to Father Peter if you need some more information or his office, and uh, you can apply again. And that is coming up June 26th uh, to the 29th. So applications need to be in very, very soon. Well, Father Peter, I've certainly enjoyed our time today. And again, you're on the phone because you've got a busy day ahead and I really appreciate your time today. Before we go, will you end us in a prayer? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brenda. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to speak today about these wonderful events happening in our local church, the Archdiocese of Portland. And we just ask you to bless the three uh, candidates for ordination, Deacon Matthew Knight, Deacon Ephraim Razo, and Deacon Anthony Wong Fan as they prepare in these final days to be ordained priests and to serve you in your vineyard of the Archdiocese. And we thank you so much for all of the supporters that we've had, all of the lay people, the faithful people that listen to Modern Day, that help us with their financial donations, but, but mostly with their prayers, uh, because these are the people that, that we're training men to serve someday. And so we ask you to be with all of those men discerning any religious vocation, any men or women who are discerning religious life, and any men discerning the priesthood. Uh, but we ask you to be with all of us, and I ask you also to be with all of the listeners here today that may listen to this broadcast, and I call down your almighty blessing on all of them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Peter. Thank you for your time today, and we'll talk again to you real soon. Okay, sounds good, Brenda. Thanks again. And again, that is Father Peter Julia. He is the director of the Office of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland. I will add a link to the podcast of this interview that will get you right to his office and more information. Well, especially if you're looking into Covatus Days, you'll find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 825 at Mater Day Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. Always great to talk oh, with Father Peter, isn't it? It is a joy. Yeah. It really is a joy. And how blessed we are to have him in this specific office uh, for vocations, yeah, too. Yeah, just a very busy person, but doing just such a wonderful job. Uh, speaking of podcasts, by the way, he mentioned that standalone podcast. If you go to our website right on the front page, it says standalone podcast. If you click on that, you get an idea of all the different podcasts you can listen to through Mater Day Radio, not only through the website, but of course, through the Hail Mary Media app as well. Find out all the details at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree. But we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio. An important vote by the U.S. Senate last night. We'll tell you about it in the news. And well done, good and faithful servant Benedict XVI's private secretary heading home to Germany. Just not yet sure what his role is going to be. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Unspoken. And just give me Jesus. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. I work so hard, trying to open every door. Search near and far, turning over every stone. I close my eyes, still I find no rest, no rest for a restless heart. I've been chasing, putting my faith in, let it fade, let it break into pieces. Just give me Jesus, Jesus, just give me Jesus, there's nothing I desire, that can be found in On troubled sand If I gained the world It would never be It could never be enough Just give me Jesus
spoken, and just give me Jesus. It's 831 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis is sending Archbishop George Gaineswine back to Germany by the end of June. Now, the longtime private secretary of Pope Benedict XVI has been told to return to his home diocese of Freiburg in southwest Germany. Now, according to Catholic News Agency, the report claims Pope Francis informed the 66-year-old Gaineswine of his decision during private audience on May 19th. According to the German media report, Pope Francis referred to the custom that former private secretaries of deceased popes did not remain in Rome. Now, a longtime secretary to Benedict, Gaineswine also served as prefect of the papal household to both Benedict and his successor, Pope Francis, until February of 2020. Now, Gaineswine is expected in Germany later this week. He's scheduled to preside over Mass on Sunday for an annual pilgrimage to the town in western Germany. Authorities are warning residents in the rural Estacada area to be ready to evacuate at a moment's notice after a 30-acre brush fire broke out Thursday evening. Clackamas Fire District No. 1 officials announced about 5.45 p.m., that level two evacuation orders were in place in a half-mile radius of a brush fire near the intersection of South Lower Highland and Upper Highland Roads in the community of Beaver Creek. Earlier this week, a 20-acre Reuben Lee fire uh, spurred evacuations in the Fall Creek and Lowell areas southeast of Eugene, but the fire was contained and all evacuation levels were lifted as of yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I haven't seen yet, too, how that fire near Estacada is going this morning, but they did say last night that the fire conditions were good for battling the blaze. It wasn't too windy spreading spreading the fire. Oh, so excellent. Ho- hopefully they'll get a handle on it quickly. Well, the weight of plain St. Padre Pio of Petrosina, more commonly known as Padre Pio, one of the most popular saints of the 20th century, was enormous, said Shia LaBeouf. Now, the new film, Padre Pio, starring the Transformers star LaBeouf, airs in theaters beginning today, portrays the Italian friar in his early 20s, immersed in the suffering of the residents of San Giovanni Rotondo in eastern Italy, where his monastery is located. The film is rated R for some explicit violence in language, portrays powerful scenes of Padre Pio ministering to the townspeople and enduring his own spiritual battles. LaBeouf told Catholic News Agency that playing the role of the saint while being immersed in his monastery in town added to the intensity. It's enormous pressure, but it only served the film, he said. There are scenes where we're running masks, and these aren't actors in the seats. These are God-fearing people who loved Pio, and you feel it, and it only adds to the stakes. Have you seen any trailers of the movie at all? I have seen the trailers. It looks very good. I'd love to see how they put it all together in the full-length film. Now, just looking at my movie app that I have on my phone, I don't see it opening in any local theater. So I have a feeling that it might be a limited release mm. today and then <clears throat> in coming weeks might be a, get a wider audience. Yeah, unless it just it goes to streaming. Sometimes that happens or too. Or it goes yeah. straight to streaming. You yep. never know. Well, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Americans can now breathe a sigh of relief. This after the Senate gave final approval late last night 
to a debt ceiling and budget cuts package to wrap up work on the bipartisan deal. It now goes to President Joe Biden's desk to become law before the fast approaching deadline. Now, the compromise package negotiated between Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy leaves neither Republicans nor Democrats fully pleased with the outcome. But the result, after weeks of hard-fought budget negotiation, shelves the volatile debt ceiling issue that risked upending U.S. and global economy until 2025 after the next presidential election. Now, fast action was vital if Washington hoped to meet next Monday's deadline when the Treasury had said the U.S. will start running short of cash to pay its bills, risking devastating default. Well, over 300 kids ages 6 to 16 years old from across southwest Washington signed up to run their very own business for a day selling creative homegrown and handmade products at the junior market. Now, this event serves as a platform for our kids to showcase the business skills they have learned through the My Lemonade Day program like how to create budgets, set profit-making goals, serve customers, repay investors, and give back to the community. Now, the average profit per stand, about $250, but children commonly make anywhere between $300 and $500 on the day, and some over $1,000. Back last year's event generated $25,000 in profits that went directly into the pockets of these young CEOs. You can shop at this year's event Saturday, the Vancouver Farmers Market at Esther Short Park, from 9 until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, what would I make if I were going to do, if I were a kid yes. and I wanted to set up a table or a stand and sell something at, the, at this event, what would I do? Can they do food stuff? I don't, uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't say uh, about what it is, but okay. I suppose, I mean, it, it might be hard for a kid to get like a food server permit or, yeah, you that's know, what certified I was wondering. the yeah. kitchen. So I think these typically are handmade types of things. Right, yeah. Hmm, what would I make? Slingshot? <laughs> I don't think I do that. Wood trains? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, obviously, you got to be something that you can do and make a number of them. So, yeah, I don't know. You have to come up. All it takes, David, is that one brilliant idea. That's exactly right. Uh, sports, college baseball playoffs get started today with four-team regional action spread out around the country. Oregon State is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and will face Sam Houston State at 5 p.m. this evening. The other two teams in the Beavers region include host LSU and Tulane. Oregon is in the Nashville-Tennessee regional, and they have an early game today with Xavier. They get started at 10 this morning. The other two teams in the Ducks regional include hosts Vanderbilt and Eastern Illinois. Winners of the double elimination regionals advance to the two-team super regionals in a best-of-three format. The eight winners of the super regionals move on to the College World Series. Well, during the celebration of Mass, the priest has the option of choosing Eucharistic prayer number one, also known as the Roman Canon. During this prayer, the priest has the option of reciting two short lists of saints. Now, besides the Blessed Virgin Mary, the saints mentioned in the Eucharistic prayer are exclusively martyrs, as a martyrdom has always been seen as the supreme sacrifice that unites the soul to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Among these martyrs mentioned in Eucharistic prayer number one are saints Marcellinus and Peter. 
two saints who are relatively unknown in the modern world. However, while they may not be very popular in the present time, their example was seen as highly influential in the early church. St. Marcellinus was a priest, while St. Peter was an exorcist, both serving in the Roman church during the 3rd century. They were martyred in 303 under the persecution of Emperor Diocletian. Now, little is known about these saints, but tradition states that Pope Damasus I composed a poetic epitaph after their death. He heard their story of their martyrdom from their executioner who had converted to Christianity. Now, early Christians often would gather at their tombs in the burial complex that later became known as the Catacombs of Marcellinus and Peter. These catacombs are still preserved today and contain a wealth of early frescoes of biblical scenes and early Christian artwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not visited these catacombs, but many years ago, 2012, when I did take a trip to Rome, we celebrated mass inside the catacombs uh, there in Rome. Mm. Incredible experience. Really incredible experience. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And next Thursday, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m., is a monthly night of hope and healing at St. Alice Catholic Church in Springfield. Join Father Mark Benz every second Thursday of the month for a night of hope and healing, starting with a bilingual English and Spanish rosary at 6 o'clock p.m. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. He is the host of Glory of the Mass. Terry Ross joins us right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Day 42 at Mater Day Radio. Sunny skies today. Really a lovely day out there. High of 76 degrees. Clear overnight tonight. Low of 47. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. These are all just sunny skies. <laughs> Temperatures just keep getting warmer. We got 78 Saturday and about the same for Sunday. 
Oh, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a great weekend for sure. And it's already pretty nice out there. Currently 54 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 51 degrees at St. Anthony's Church in Forest Grove. Well, the Morning Blend welcomes once again our good friend, Terry Ross. Terry is the host of one of our favorite shows here at Mater Day Radio, The Glory of the Mass. Every week, Terry puts together a beautiful playlist of sacred liturgical music that's relevant to that week's gospel. Terry is joining us today to give us a little bit of a preview for Trinity Sunday. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, as always. Well, before we get to that, you said something as we were preparing for our interview that I thought this is the most ingenious way to remember the cycles of the liturgical year. Now, we know that the readings in Sunday Mass are broken up into three cycles, A, B, and C. And we happen to be in A right now. But you said there's a real easy way to figure out if you're trying to like maybe look up your missile or something, you're like, okay, now which cycle are we on? You said, here's the exact way to figure it out. Tell our listeners. What you do is you take the, the uh, numbers of the year that you're in. For instance, we're in 2023. So that's two plus two plus three. Add those together is seven. If that number is divisible evenly by three, you're in year C. I think that's perfect. So if you're trying to figure out the nearest year C, that would be 2025, where you have 2 plus 2 plus 5 equals 9 is equally divisible by 3. So 225 is year C, where in 224 is year B, and 223 is year A. And here we are. I like that. Yeah. The other way we were talking, too, is if you have to subtract 1, to be divisible by three. Well, there's your cycle B. Yeah. And if you have to add one to be divisible by three, well, there is your cycle A. That's right. I'll never forget now. Good. <laughs> well, speaking of trios, it's a wonderful mass that we celebrate the Trinity, God, the Son, and Holy Spirit. It is Trinity Sunday, and this is the episode 196 of the Glory of the Mass. Tell our listeners a little bit about this very unique feast day. Well, the feast day is uh, interesting because it it basically it brings together the the whole meaning of the Catholic Church, the Trinity. Um, in fact, originally, uh, Pope Alexander II, this is way back in the 11th century, he said, we're not going to have a special feast day for Trinity because we celebrate the Holy Trinity every day, every every day in Mass in the Gloria Patri. But he didn't. He didn't forbid the celebration where it had, where it had sprung up, and so uh, John the twenty second in the fourteenth century ordained the feast for the entire church on the first Sunday after Pentecost. And I think of Holy Trinity as kind of a the church's te deum of gratitude uh, for all the blessings of the Christmas and Easter seasons. For the mystery of the Trinity is basically a synthesis of. Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost. Mm. 
How wonderful. And of course, that's a feast day this year that sits right in between Pentecost. And then just one week later, well, we have the feast of Corpus Christi. That is the feast of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Terry Ross is joining us today because, well, he has a bit of a worldview of sacred liturgical music in this episode. Terry, tell our listeners a little bit about the composers they're going to hear this time around. Well, the, the main composer in this particular episode is named Ludwig Zenfel. He's from Switzerland. He was a 16th century Swiss composer. Uh, and we're sort of featuring his masses uh, throughout the month of June. But there, there are four other nationalities represented in our music today. We have uh, music by Victoria, who, of course, is Spanish. We have music by Guillaume Dufay, who's French. We have music by... Capillas, who's a Mexican composer, and we have some music by Mozart as well. In fact, we're going to hear a little bit of that music by, by Mozart. His, uh, this is the offertory, Benedictus Sit Deus. I like that. So with this review, now, I don't know that we've ever had an opportunity to talk about a composer from Mexico. Uh, that would be probably more recent, not necessarily a Renaissance composer. So for our listeners, go through all of these years and names of the different periods of music uh, that we've got today. Well, Mexico actually does have some Renaissance they composers, do. but just just barely. They're basically, their composing goes from the Baroque forward. Okay. Um, the periods of music that you'll hear on this program are either medieval music, like Gregorian chant and other things, or a lot of Renaissance music, like the music by Zenfel uh, um, and Victoria and Dufay. Those are all Renaissance composers. After the Renaissance period uh, comes the Baroque period. Okay. And we're not hearing any Baroque music today, uh, although Capias is a little bit... The Mexican composer is a little bit Baroque. Okay. After the Baroque period comes the classical period that we associate with Mozart and Haydn. Then the, then the Romantic period, which we're not hearing today, really starts with Beethoven and the 19th century. And then after that, we have modern music. Oh, I love that. So we're going to hear a piece of music from a Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, of course, Oh, how can you not be familiar with him? I think we all studied music of Mozart uh, probably at some point if we ever took a music appreciation class or classical music class uh, in school. He was from Austria. He was from Austria, and he, and he spent most of his career in Vienna. Okay, and then what are some of the elements that we are about to listen to that really stands out Mozart's music uh, with this classical element versus what you would hear is with the uh, Renaissance music of Senfel. Well, the Renaissance music is basically uh, doesn't involve instruments except perhaps the organ as accompaniment. Uh, in the Baroque period, we start to hear instruments being introduced into the into the church music, and by the time we get to Mozart, we have full orchestras introduced into the church music, and that's what you're going to hear in this piece by him. Uh, which is the offertory. Whether it would have been used very often is another question because it's expensive to hire an orchestra just to do part of your mass. Okay. Well, I mean, here's a great example, I think, too, of Mozart's as we were getting ready. You, you let me listen to a piece. So I love this one. Here and, is the and, Benedictus. And he was quite young when he wrote this. Really? Yeah, under 20. Oh, my. Yeah. He was quite a, a genius. 
right? When it came to music. Yes, definitely. And a, and a prodigy. I mean, he could do music very early. Oh, I love it. Well, here is Benedictus by Mozart. How beautiful is that? Now, when Mozart was writing a piece of music like this, was he writing music for every one of the instruments that he intended to be as part of this this song, like with the strings and the horns and the drums and the piano? Did he write the music for all of those parts as well as the lyrics? Yes, he did. Okay, so that's what makes him probably the genius that he is. For well, sure. anyone who writes a symphony has to write music for all the different instruments. Okay, so you that's know. what this is. This would yeah. be considered a symphony. Sort of, yeah. It, it, there's first violins, second violins, violas. They all have different music that they play at the same time, so it comes out sounding like a concert. Oh, I love that. Uh, to to listen to one of these beautiful... Have you been to a Mozart symphony with a full orchestra and choir? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, yeah. I have. It's very, it's, it's very impressive. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is just a great piece and a preview of what you're going to hear this week on The Glory of the Mass. Again, that is episode 196. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a wealth of knowledge, and I feel like ah, I just learn a little bit more every single time we talk. Thanks so much. Well, thank you very much, Brenda. And again, that is Terry Ross. Now, if you go to our webpage, matradayradio.com, click on The Glory of the Mass. There you will find the full playlist, including that beautiful song that you just heard by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And you're going to find that full playlist at matradayradio.com. And it is 8.52 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday. That means the weekend. Hey, maybe you're going to do a little garage cleaning this weekend. Maybe you have an old vehicle in that garage you'd like to get rid of. How about giving it to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? It can be an old car, a truck, a boat, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. Take you to the main page. All the information is right there for you. Just a couple of forms to fill out. You're good to go. Really a quick and easy process. And it's a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer 
Michael the Archangel, bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast as we head into the weekend. Sunny skies today, high of 76. Clear overnight tonight, low of 47. Then Saturday, sunny 77. Same for Sunday. Monday heats up 83. Tuesday could be in the 90s. So uh, a great run of weather ahead. It's currently 54 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out this Friday show, here is our friend Matt Marr. What a friend. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Matt Marr and what a friend. It's A59 at Mater Day Radio. And what a weekend coming up. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in all week long. Starlight Parade tomorrow night. It's a full strawberry moon. Brenda's grilling burgers for all of us. What time are we coming over? Oh, anytime. Thank you. After yeah. This afternoon. Getting that new grill fired up. I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you how it goes. <laughs> Thank you. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. Hey, I got a new episode of View from the Pew coming up nice. this evening. We're going to be talking about relativism and uh, kind of raising kids with it. Mm-hmm. We hope you have a very blessed weekend.